Welcome to the Logger and Listings Podcast with JFK Properties. This podcast gives real estate investors, experts, and entrepreneurs an opportunity to share their stories over a casual beverage. Hosted by the founding members of JFK Properties, an investment company that specializes in commercial and residential real estate. So sit back, grab a drink, and listen to this real, insightful, and sometimes funny podcast on real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to another episode of the Logger and Listings Podcast with JFK Properties. Now, this is going to be a very special episode. While Faraz is off on vacation in Trinidad, and a well-deserved vacation, I might add, we have invited our longtime friend and realtor, Gary Doyle, to join us on today's episode with Jerry and I. We're going to discuss the Sudbury market, how Gary became a realtor, how he helps investors in the Sudbury and Timmins market, and what are some of his goals for 2022 and beyond. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode and make sure you hit that like button, subscribe and comment, and also make sure you follow Gary Doyle on his social media channels, which we'll provide you at the end of the episode. Hopefully you take a lot away from this episode because I know we did listening to his insight as always, and look forward to doing future deals with him as JFK Properties. So my first listing was a seven unit building. A hockey buddy of mine said he'd like me to list and sell his seven unit building in New Sudbury, a beautiful building. But I really didn't know anything about the multifamily world at that time. I put the sign on the ground, I gathered some information. And at that point, I'm literally being approached by many realtors asking questions that I really didn't have the answer to or understand the importance of, you know, uh, fire code compliance, ESA certificates, uh, zoning, capitalization rate. I had to go home and Google what capitalization rate meant. I never had to deal with that in my life before. So I quickly got thrown into the deep end of multifamily and, you know, we were able to make a very successful sale. In fact, the fellow that bought it was a realtor out of Ottawa. So he was a realtor and an investor. So he knew on his end, the questions were coming hard and fast. And I had become I had to somehow get up to speed so I could help navigate this transaction for my friend. And it worked out just great for him. It worked out good for me because I was able to then move forward into the world of multifamily and, and real estate investment. And I became a real student of it. And it's become a I would say an area of expertise for me now, especially in the Sudbury market. So that's, uh, that's that was my start in the business. And uh, I thought it was a very interesting start and, and a good start. And, you know, when I did start, my the people in the grocery business or my friends, they say, not necessarily the grocery business, but my friends would say, you know, you're going to get into real estate. I said, yeah, I think I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Well, do you know, you got to work evenings and weekends. <laughs> I said, do you know, I worked in the grocery business for 30 years. Like that's, that's what I do. <laughs> so it was a very easy transition and, and a great start. And starting with a team was just such an advantage uh, to be able to trade in real estate. I did probably more in the first year than, than someone starting on their own would do in five years. So that really accelerated the growth of my business. So you mentioned that the first few deals that you did were residential, and then you did that seven unit deal. What is it about working with investors that you really enjoy? And do you still work with you know residential homeowners or people just looking for properties like that? Yeah, I, I do. I can see why realtors stay away from the multifamily world because it can be an uncomfortable world to work in because 
sometimes you don't know who's behind the door. You know, you've been in some places with me where it's, <laughs> it's the, uh, yeah, well, we would have the code word. Okay. No, we're not staying here much longer. <laughs> Let's go. So some people tend to shy away from it. I'm fine with it, but I do also do the residential. I do seasonal condos, waterfront. I do it all. You know, I'm, I'm open to any and all. And I think that goes back to the fact that I can, my background is dealing with many people over the years so I can adjust to whatever people need. So, yeah. In that seven unit building, how long before we met you would that have been? Because I got to tell you, when we met you, you seemed like the perfect expert for us on multifamily. <laughs> well, I think it was probably maybe a couple of years, maybe two, three years after. I can't really recall, but uh, I learned it quick because I felt I had an obligation to. And again, having the business financial analysis background in the grocery retail business really helped that. I just had to understand how it applied to the real estate world. So with um, you know, the market changing and multiple offers being, you know, put out on these multifamily commercial properties, where do you see the market heading like this year and possibly into the future? Okay, so let's go back a few years. When I met you guys, our market was a was a steady growth. We talked about a one to two percent appreciation. You know, and it was just steady as she goes. And you guys were, I was going to say you guys were, you were ahead of your time when it comes to Sudbury because you guys came here early on. And then from when you guys came, JFK, then there's, there was a stronger interest. If you go back three years ago, there was a strong interest from the Southern Ontario market in Sudbury. So it started to really gain some momentum from the Southern Ontario buyer. And the reason the Southern Ontario buyer migrated to Sudbury was because they came to the quick understanding that they could not achieve a positive cash flow purchase in Southern Ontario. And that the equity growth that they've realized over the past several years in the Southern Ontario market was burning a hole in their pocket. They wanted to get that money out working for them. So they came to Sudbury. And then a couple of years back, I would say that the strong interest moved into a very active Southern Ontario buyer. Like that 98% of the buyers I worked with were from Southern Ontario. And and then last year, the Southern Ontario buyer through to right now has attacked the Sudbury market. They continue to buy up all the multifamily real estate in Sudbury. We talked about it before, you know, in earlier episodes of the podcast, how when we first went up to Sudbury, we had other investors, lawyers, everybody you know, questioning why the hell we'd bother going up there when when we live in, in southern Ontario. So, yeah, it was, you know, it, it's surprising how quick that turned around. But certainly remember being questioned every time we told somebody where we were investing in Sudbury. Right. Well, and you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you'd come up for a day and we'd go line up seven or eight houses and we'd spend the day doing it. And it was a long day and a lot of looking and a lot of talking and a lot of uh, research. That doesn't happen anymore. Now a property comes to market. It's very seldom that the buyer even gets to Sudbury. Now I'll go to the property. I'll do a virtual tour. I'll do a video walkthrough. We'll have the discussions over the phone. We'll be competing with three, four, five, six, seven offers. We'll put our best foot forward. And there's no more. I can't remember the last time I've done a listing tour where I've had somebody come from out of town and been able to show them two, three, four, five, six properties. It just that world has changed. 
Do you think that oh, man, that's and that a was result? the fun part? I know. I know. <laughs> it was for sure. You guys just like the overnight stay. That's what you guys like. <laughs> that we made a name that. for ourselves. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do you think that's a result of COVID or just kind of a natural progression or change in the South Ontario buyer? I think so. <laughs> that's an interesting question. So yeah, it's a combination of all of that. I think number one, surprisingly enough, I don't think anyone predicted that housing prices would do what they did in the last couple of years. And I think it's solely driven by supply and demand that the listings are down and you know the interest rates were still low over the past couple of years. They're still low now, but I think that guys like yourself who got boxed into a, a home office who had a little maybe extra time on their hands, had a chance to start researching other opportunities. Whereas if you're in a corporate office, uh, you know, you got to keep your nose down and just kind of take care of things. But when you're at home and you got an extra half an hour or 15 minutes, the wheels start turning. And I just think that that really also accelerated the number of people that said, hey, listen, you know, there's opportunities out there and, you know, the world's changing and how, do, how does it work for me? And I'm sitting on this equity doing nothing. And then it just starts to steamroll. I mean, like guys like yourself come back from Sudbury and talk to guys in Southern Ontario who talk to guys in Southern Ontario, who talk to guys in Southern Ontario. And guess what? Everyone from Southern Ontario is starting to realize, well, this is what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think happened. But I think it really, it truly does come down to the fact that listings are down. And the fact that Sudbury was below market value as opposed to Southern Ontario. Right. We provide an opportunity that can't be achieved in Southern Ontario for the most part. Now, I can't really speak to that market as an expert, but that's what I'm being told by everybody coming up here. And I'm not surprised by it because I see the prices and you can only squeeze so much rent out of a tenant. They can only afford to pay so much. No, absolutely. And other discussions that we've had, you know, recently, you know, cap rates, when you started in suburb, you're probably in that seven to eight range. And these are properties outside of the Donovan. <laughs> so right now with the market where it is at, what are you seeing cap rate wise for like multifamily, like five, six units plus? Right. So when we talk about capitalization rate, I always like to preface this discussion with there's the Gary Doyle boiled down real estate cap rate which basically is your gross income minus your insurance, your taxes, and your utilities. That's my cap rate. So when I, we, we talk 78 and we have a financial investor listening to this podcast who's got his financial spreadsheet sitting there looking at it going, wait a minute, how are you getting 7 or 8%? Well, yes, you have more expenses that you're going to drill down on. And the reason I do a boiled down cap rate is I try to be able to provide a valuation of what I think a property is going to sell for in our market. And the only way I can do that is to try to compare apples to apples. Because you know units that are five, six, seven, eight units, like they're never apples to apples. They're always different, you know, but the financials don't lie. The income doesn't lie. The utilities, the taxes, the insurance, they're all a common denominator. So that was my way of saying, okay, so let's go back three years ago. You're right. It was seven to eight percent. I would look at a property, I'd look at the expenses, I'd boil it down seven to eight percent. Okay. Is it better than average? Is it worse than average? Is it in a poor location? If it is, we need a higher cap rate. If it's not, we're going to go with a lower cap rate. Hey, if it's brand new, maybe we'll go less than seven. And I've I've continued to use that formula ongoing for the past four or five years. And especially now, because we don't know what stuff's going to sell. So it's gone from seven to eight to six to seven to five to six. I've seen properties go below 5% in our market, newer or 
an overheated competitive offer that someone might have swung for the fence and maybe paid maybe a little more than they should have. It does happen. But I think the market is still active for buyers because you're still able to get positive cash flow, period. And that's important. Plus, you're getting an equity growth now that we never really counted on. Mm-hmm. So I continue to see Sudbury be very strong through 2022. I see nothing slowing it down, except interest rates. Every time there's an interest rate hike, it cools it down a bit, but we're still not there yet. Right. So talking about the market and kind of where you, you see that, what about yourself? Like, do you have any goals as a realtor that you want to accomplish this year? Because it seems like you had an amazing year in 2021. Right. So when I started, I always, I, every January, I do, I, it's funny because I knew this question was coming up. I look back at my iPhone under notes and every year in January, I put my goals in there. And, and I, this iPhone, particular iPhone, I have the notes go back to 2004. And so for almost 18 years, I've had my goals written down every January. And a few years back, I don't know how many years ago, I put a goal on, on the board in my office of trying. My goal was to do $8,536,000 in sales. So, man, if I could ever do that, I don't know where I came up with that number, but I did. Okay? <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> I know. And I, I'd like to tell you how I came up with that number, but I, and it wasn't just a number. There was, there was careful thought put into it. You know me well enough by now. Yeah. End of the year, I got to $8,539,000. I beat it by $3,000. If you could even imagine that, like, that's just crazy. And I walked around the whole office and look at that. Isn't that crazy? You know, if you write something on the board and we all hear it, we've heard it all our lives, right? Write it down, write it down, write it down. I tell my kids every year in January, Hey, you write your goals down. And so I have goals and my goal basically is to continue to build off the previous year, which I've always done. And so I've got those goals written down. And for me, the action behind that is just don't take your foot off the gas. That's me. You got to consistently be doing something every day to move your business forward. And I try to do that every day. You know, some days more than others. That's the great thing about our business. I mean, we're in control of our time. Some days, our days are long and hard and uh, and other days, hey, you know what? You're able to break away because it is your schedule. But yeah, I have the goals. uh, I think it's very important, actually. And it shows. I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that we grew to appreciate right away was just the attentiveness and and the work ethic. I mean, you're on top of things, whether it's from a number standpoint, and you can certainly see that customer service aspect that you talked about earlier. You know, it came through from day one when you made a trip home early to come and show three guys that you'd never met before from Toronto some shithole properties. <laughs> Especially when you're leaving Florida to come to Sudbury in February. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and for the record, those were properties Kurt picked based on a spreadsheet. Gary did not uh, pick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Actually, I think you prefaced it that first day with, we're going to some pretty rough buildings, but I wanted to see what your buying strategy, what your tolerance was. So you right. knew from right from the start that it was going to be some rough buildings. But I, I think that was kind of your intent was to figure out what we were looking for so that you could kind of marry your what you're looking for with what we wanted. Yeah, absolutely. And I know one of the things Kurt was wondering about was, you know, how do I help investor clients? And that's it exactly. You know, the most important thing is to identify what it is that they're looking to buy. 
and they might be looking for a, probably the cash flows. That's the most important to them. They may be looking for something that, you know, they'll sacrifice some cash flow, but they want some good equity growth. They may want something that's low maintenance, just a turnkey. They I work with a lot of burger investors. You know, they want to buy something, renovate it, refinance it, you know, rent it out. So you got to find out where people are at and then help them buy that because there are, it's a variety. It's different. Hey, everyone wants all of those items. Okay. But we know, <laughs> and then, you know, it's funny about that. Some investors or people that want to get into this real estate investment world, they'll want that. I want good cash flow. I want good equity growth. I don't want, I want a turnkey. I don't have to deal with it. And they realize, guess what? Those aren't out there. I mean, they are, but well, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not out there. You gotta, you gotta pick and choose your battles. I mean, and also to being uh, out with you guys, uh, it was very easy for me to tell when I'd take Perez through an apartment if we were gonna buy it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think he even saw half the units we went to that day. <laughs> no, if he smelled something, he'd, he'd stay in the up. car. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was definitely an experience for him. Now speaking, it, of it was the, kind uh, of fun for Gary and I because we would try to get Faraz to go first because we knew what was on the other side of the door. <laughs> exactly. Now speaking of the um, Burr investment strategy, it seems like that is becoming more popular for investors looking at multifamily, and we have a property in Sudbury, Janet, that. Uh, is looking like, although it cash flowed when we bought it, it is turning into a burr. Like we spent some money on on one unit that was vacant. We have another one that's uh, vacant right now, trying to figure out, is it worth the investment? Are we gonna get the return on it? And obviously it was a property that uh, you helped us acquire, so which we definitely appreciate. But you know, it's interesting being from Southern Ontario and not, and Jerry's gonna have a heart attack or always has a heart attack. It's the first property I think we purchased that he never saw. So trying to make decisions on how much to invest in units and what's the return going to be, it's been challenging for us. So I don't know yeah. if you remember that building or... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely remember that building. So that is a challenge, especially for the Southern Ontario investor, because you can't be here. So you're relying on third parties and you're basically at the mercy of third parties. And uh, that's the unknown. I mean, I, there's investors that I deal with who do the birth strategy, who get in their trucks and they come up here and they do it themselves. And I think that's the most cost-effective way. Unless you have a reliable third-party contractor that you can work with and that's that's fair and, and that does good work, but that by far is the quickest and best way to increase your investment. You find these buildings where the rents are $800 a month and, and you can sometimes it's a negotiation of cash for keys to get them out. Sometimes they just turn over, but to take them, give them a nice refresh, a cost effective refresh and turn that $800 a month into $1,250, $1,295, $1,300. You do that for a few units and now your building is cash flowing and the valuation is much higher, the best way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it's one of the things that, um, you know, we're looking forward for this building and, you know, buildings moving forward. And, you know, when we uh, started, you know, just when we were chatting that the Leafs game is on, so we don't want to keep you too, too long <laughs> this evening, especially after winning the first game, five, nothing, I think think it was yep. yes so before we wrap up gary we want to give you an opportunity just to let everybody listening to the podcast know how to get a hold of you if they're interested in investing in sudbury so phone number email oh. address 
Sure. I mean, it's G Doyle at realtyexecutives.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. But, uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about was what's next for me personally. And, you know, I find this business intertwines with my personal life. So, you know, I have my real estate life and I have my personal life. You know, I like to play golf. I like to be on the lake on the boat and, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm also the type of guy that the phone's with me. So send me a text, shoot me a phone call, send me an email. Guess what? I'm picking it up. And uh, I know there's realtors out there that, you know, that doesn't work for them. They need to take a day or they need to turn their phone off for five or six hours. And that's fine. I get it. Whatever works for you. But for me, my personal life intertwines with my business life. And I just feel the need to be available and and on top of it. And uh, that's what works for me because uh, if the phone is off for eight hours, then I feel like I'm letting people down. (laughs) So anyway, that's the best way to get a hold of me. And it's been a pleasure uh, seeing you guys again. And I look forward to getting you back up here in Sudbury and continuing the great adventure in the North here. Absolutely. And, um, you know, for those of you guys listening that are into social media, uh, you can also find Gary on Instagram at Gary Doyle real estate is his handle and um, take a look at his posts his content and uh, definitely like what he's putting out there always great always uh, very informative about the Sudbury market and uh, helping investors grow and develop their portfolios so again on behalf of JFK properties Gary we'd like to uh, thank you for being our first guest and it's an honor to, to have you on my pleasure guys thank you cheers Gary take care cheers Gary bye If you've enjoyed listening to the Logger and Listings podcast, leave a like or a comment. Not only will we appreciate it, but it will also help this podcast grow organically and help other investors and entrepreneurs grow their businesses and have fun along the way.